0: One, two, one, two, three, four.
1: But the full stalls and the wing overs are the two elementary and most important maneuvers that should be part of some kind of a, a basic course or some kind of a, a basic license that people have to master, you know, before whatever, getting their, their like certification or the second one or whatever advanced thing.
0: Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the CloudBase Mayhem. Really excited to bring you this show. I've been trying to sit down with Pal Tackett's uh, world champion acro pilot and Red Bull athlete and twice two times competitor in the Red Bull X-Alps in 2009 and then Big Gap. And then I raced with him this year and he uh, he crushed. He did really, really well. Uh, very accomplished XC pilot and, of course, one of the best uh really responsible for creating kind of the new era of acro moves the joker the cowboy a bunch of others uh so we talk about in this show all kinds of great things uh including his near death accident and that put him in a coma in 2012 flying a tiny little mini wing little speed wing six meter wing and then again that year another really bad accident uh base jumping um and, kind of coming in for a poor landing and what that did to his perspective and what it's how it's changed his flying and a lot of the things that we discuss here on the mayhem regularly but a few of the things he says about safety and what people need to be learning of course ground handling comes up but uh are things that i hadn't learned i hadn't heard by any of our other guests and pretty remarkable he's working on a, a long series a video series that will be out soon that Talks about a lot about safety and maneuvers and that kind of thing, but yeah. Anyway, you're going to get a lot out of this. Before we get into it, a few uh, items of housekeeping: uh, put up the bonus podcast with with Kriegel, uh, all that he answers all of your questions that I got uh, via Facebook and other places. So that was kind of the follow-up, the stuff that we weren't able to cover in the first show. That's available on the Patreon feed. Uh, That's kind of a bonus, so it's available to those of you who support the podcast, so either via PayPal or through Patreon. If you have supported the podcast and you didn't get that link, you should have gotten the, the newsletter, but just reach out to me via the mayhem.com, send me an email, and I'll send that over to you. That's also the, the same goes for the X-Alps podcast that Nick Hawks did with me about the race this year. So that's also in the Patreon feed. So if you're not a Patreon supporter, go over there at patreon.com forward slash mayhem, and you can sign up and uh, get all this Cool bonus material that we put out there. Uh, I've also got, we've had a lot of requests for music on various shows. And so we now have a Spotify playlist, which has all the music from all the shows thus far. And I'll keep adding to that as we go ahead. That's just free. That's on Spotify. You can search for it, Cloud Based Mayhem podcast, or you can find it in the Facebook feed on Cloud Based Mayhem. So uh, if you like our page, Cloud Based Mayhem, you can. Get all that type of material I'll also put that up on the website here at some point I haven't yet but I will Uh, the other thing that's kind of exciting so Red Bull and Real Water Productions put together quite a few there's four of them kind of behind the scenes many of you have probably seen the making of but maybe haven't seen the others I've put all those on my Vimeo channel so if you go to cloudbasemayhem.com, click on the little Vimeo link you'll find uh, all of those and more films that we've done over the years but the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff that they did for North and Known is really cool. There's one on the food caches. There's one on kind of the, the protagonist, Dave and I, uh, kind of how we got along and how we saw each other through the thing, which was really fun. Uh, there's the making of, of course. There's how we did it, which is a seven-minute cut that's just unbelievable. And there's one on the food caches. So the, the kind of the biggest crux of that whole expedition by far was the food caches. That was the thing that took me six years to figure out. Uh, how to do it it didn't work that great but it did sort of work we were able to pull it off so i guess it worked but uh yeah putting in those food caches and how they worked and how that all went and how we still didn't nearly have enough food so check out uh, the vimeo my vimeo page and you can see all those they're pretty fun and then finally got some really cool giveaways we're gonna do some more of this again. Uh, for whoever just what I'd like to do this time instead of doing the ratings thing like we've done in the past um, I'd like you to just share the show with uh, different Facebook groups wherever you are in the world we've all got Facebook groups flying Facebook groups Um, and if you're if you put that up and say something cool about it and send me uh, what you did And so, one, I could be aware of these other groups, but also just how you're spreading the the news. I've got three things. I've got a Flymaster B1 Vario, which is not very current, but if you're looking for a Vario that you can play around with, uh, I've got one of those. I've got a brand-new PowerMask, Power, power, what's it called? Power Traveler, sorry, Power Traveler uh, battery. You know, it's a rechargeable battery that they gave us in the 2015 X-Alps. never even been opened. It's brand-new. So a really cool, like, Volbiv battery or flying battery that you can use. I think it's, like, 10,000 amp hours. And then I've got a NOCO X-Grid 5-watt solar panel. So uh, a little small in in my opinion to work for like proper vol biv trips um you know so you need something really more in the kind of the seven to nine watt range in my in my experience but definitely good enough to you know charge up your phone and do little things like that or for like a short vol biv where you don't have a lot of needs with power um, it's a nice little light solar panel so brand new ready to go uh, still in the box all three of those things I'll have available to whoever does the best job spreading the word about this show. So uh, send me those. Again, put those out there to your friends or to your groups or whoever you think doesn't know about the podcast and uh, send that to me via the cloudbasedmail.com. You'll find the email and stuff there. You send that to me to make sure I know about it and we'll pick a winner by, uh, oh, let's see, the end of November. So, Pal Tackett, let's get into it. I think you're going to really enjoy this. There's some awesome stuff here uh, makes you want to go out. And, and yet again, we hear about ground handling, but also the importance of stalls and other maneuvers uh, to keep you safe. And an incredible career he's had in the last 16 years of flying. He started when he was 16, uh, did really well in the X-Alps this year, as he did in 2009 really interesting cat Uh, just got a bunch of land down in columbia and he's he's moving down there with his girlfriend for half of the year but uh very active pilot super passionate and uh, had some bumps along the way as we all have and uh, i think you're gonna enjoy it so yeah please enjoy this conversation with pal Tackett. pal so awesome we've been trying to do this for a while but i think you're the yeah. first person in the world that i've met that's actually busier than i am so uh thanks for making the time it's kind of funny that i understand you're in indianapolis let's start with that what are you doing man <laughs> exactly. you're, you're in the wrong part of the world
1: <laughs> uh you might say that i'm here for the red bull Air Race for the final stop of the 2017 season as you might know i'm performing paramotor demos at uh, most of the stops since uh, a few years so that's the last one of the season and uh but i'm only here for six days
0: i you know what i i knew you did all these demos and you did the performing uh, performing but i thought it was uh, acro without a motor i didn't know so are you doing like full acro
1: stuff but with a paramotor no not really you know most of these events uh take place under quite uh, some of the most restricted air spaces in the world, close to some some pretty big airports. So the ceiling is quite low. And uh, I usually basically my my show time is 10 minutes. So and that includes takeoff and landing. So there's no time to to climb out high for, you know, doing radical stuff. And I'm I'm usually just Doing some basic aerobatics and, and pull a long streamer and use my smoke and do ground spirals, do food dragging. And, and you know, th- th- these areas are quite large. So I have to do some some here, do some there, you know, visit the different spectator areas and, uh, where well, the 10 minutes are gone pretty okay. quick.
0: Okay. Well, the, for those. Um those who are listening and I, I want to get into the more recent history stuff because I know since the X alps you've been extremely busy and Boy, before we yeah. started recording here you uh, <laughs> you were telling me you've got some land down in Columbia and you and your girlfriend <laughs> are going down there so we got a lot to talk about but um, you know for those who have had their head in a hole for the last <laughs> 15 years um, can you give us the you know the Paltech it's like a resume you know you, what you put down on, on paper maybe hit some of the high points because you know to me at least your you know your your history is really acro but you're you know twice now you competed in the X alps but catch uh, catch everybody up that may not be familiar with your
1: history okay well i'm 32 now and i started flying when i was 16 i come from hungary budapest so quite flatland country and uh somehow got into acro pretty quick and 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 put all my my efforts and motivation and money into progressing as as fast as possible just out of pure passion and uh well powered by this i i ended up competing in the world cups which i i won three times twice in solo and once in synchro and uh finished once second and i mean quite good results but then i i kind of pulled out from that uh, in 2011 but you know i was always as well a a very passionate cross-country pilot but you know you never really saw me on the top of some some uh, high level podiums which is because probably because i i I didn't really put so much time and effort into competing yet but as you said uh i competed in the red bull x-ups twice Uh, most of most of the people probably don't even remember I did it in 2009 and finished eight and did it again with you this, this year. And uh, well, uh, I invented some of the, the latest, well, it's not really latest anymore because cause since then uh, a lot of new new school stuff came in in aerobatics. But, but basically I invented the foundation of nowadays new school acroflying, which was um some some new connections, some basically a new style of performing certain things and and the Sfera, Cork, and Joker and Cowboy and Booster and, and, and this kind of stuff. And uh, with Gabor Kesey we did the uh, Infinity Tumbling in Tandem in in 2010, which was quite a feat. And uh Or else I also did, which nobody knows because it never actually got published. It's one of those projects that kind of uh, disappeared in in the archives. But I have a a Guinness World Record in uh, Tandem Infinity Tumbling, which happened in 2014, I think, in Argentina. Did you go out of a balloon for that? Oh, from a helicopter. Ah. <laughs> was, tandem. That was it.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Your passenger must have been thrilled.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did it, you debag or did you? Did it was you... It was a she.
0: She. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And how did you guys exit the heli? Did you debag?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We debagged. Okay.
0: Wow. Um, that must have been exciting.
1: <laughs> uh, it was with Squash Falcon. She's uh, oh, yeah. a yeah. Uh, you, you probably heard of her.
0: Yeah, she she covered, uh, She covered. did a nice story for Sidetracked uh, with me on the, the last x in 2015. Ah, but, yeah,
1: nice, nice. Yeah,
0: uh, she's fun. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So how many did you get in the tandem record?
1: Uh, officially 140. Oh, amazing. How did, did she vomit all over the place, or did she do okay? Ah, she did great. She did awesome. I mean, after the landing, she had to lay down for half an hour, but... No, that's not uh, bad otherwise she did awesome wow then uh anyway i will i will probably just publish the raw footage so at least it's uh it's 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 online in in a way and um yeah well what what i would like to mention as well is i'm the the creator of Justacro.com, which uh, is basically the the largest website about aerobatic paragliding it's uh, already 11 years old and uh, I'm quite par- proud of it and I'm still working hard to to develop it. It's just kind of tricky. I mean, there's a lot to do on the side, but I, I'm still really motivated to to keep pushing this further. And uh, despite that Facebook basically overtook um, all these community sites in a way. but. But I still didn't give up hope. And uh, actually, it's quite popular still and lots of videos and and the forum is running.
0: Yeah, of course. Everybody follows it. I mean, it's interested in acro. Um, So 16 years. So just after 2000, you started flying. When did, you know, when did, so what was the catalyst to get into flying being from Hungary and Budapest, like you said, in the flatlands? And then when (laughs) when did it become, you know, when did, when were you like, wow, I could make this my job? And, and, and uh-huh. when did Red Bull happen? So three questions uh-huh. there. Sorry, too many. but
1: I got into, I mean, this kind of crazy activities already before that, like skateboarding and rollerblading. And then somehow I got into caving. So that was the first, like, real passion, you know, going down into caves and, and do, like, like, proper tours. Mm. And uh, I did that for four years, quite intense, like I could say, pretty much every week um, and from there I got into paragliding which is quite funny so from from going underground to go up and and touch yeah. the clouds like <laughs> <It's>, <laughs>
0: subterranean uh, to overterranean yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah, what the yeah. other word is
1: <laughs> so basically in Budapest where I grew up there is this flying site pretty much just uh, on the board on the on the edge of the city and you could time to time, see people, uh, you know, hanging up there like little mosquitoes. And, uh, that's how I started to, to, uh, my attention turned to it. And, uh, you know, the internet was quite new thing, but there was already some, some videos and some information about it. So, um, I did some research and then as well, while while caving? I, I got to know some, some of these guys pilots and uh, then I got into a course and I got hooked like instantly like most of us Hmm. and uh, then basically the way towards becoming professional was kind of unplanned and and, and natural progression basically I just wanted to fly as much as I could and and then I I finished school but luckily (laughs) I didn't actually I get into uh, university because mm-hmm. um, my notes were not very good that time, and uh, so I could not go through the. But I couldn't enter without an additional exam, and the exam was quite high level. So I, I didn't get it twice. I wanted to. I wanted to learn geography because that was the only thing that I could think of. It. it the only thing that would. You know interest me enough yeah Yeah. and then basically you know (laughs) you know how how it works in our business so basically then you know i was young i was talented i was i was pushing and tried to learn as fast as possible and and people saw that and then you know things start started to happen you know i got cheaper gear. And, you know, I bought my, my, my first equipment already at a at better price. And then the next wing was even at a better price because the, the, the dealer of, of, of Hungary, you know, basically sp- sponsored me with a, with a dealer price, which was awesome. And, um, uh, and then, you know, we figured out quite quickly. I mean, I say we, cause it was basically Gabor and me and, and some other, other youngsters, but especially Gabor and me we were pushing um, somewhat harder than the others towards this direction. And we figured out that, you know, well, if, if we do this right, then, then we actually don't have to spend so much on equipment and, and we might even be able to, to travel or at least travel cheaper. And, uh, and this is how it started. And, uh, luckily this was, this was quite, uh, a natural progression towards Getting our first sponsors, and um, which actually happened through an event, <laughs> uh, a crazy little acro competition that uh, my friend organized in Hungary back in 2004. Overground, it was not really well. It was a contest, but it was more like um, a meeting uh, where that very few. Acro pilots that, that were doing some acro at least in Hungary were basically meeting up and and doing all their their crazy stuff over ground from towing and uh, we somehow we won that competition we both ended up being first somehow with the same um, the same score and that led to our first sponsor which was a. Uh, um a Hungarian like closing sponsor and Red Bull was the co-sponsor of this event with uh well basically nothing more than than, than a tent and and mm-hmm. some some cans uh, but it's how they already kind of knew about us but it only came later as we were kind of you know kind of too shy and kind of not really trusting ourselves to actually go there and ask hey guys, I mean to Red Bull hey do you want to sponsor us so we were just we knew it's too early so we were waiting for the right moment and waiting for the right way to approach them and um and this happened only four years later in 2008 where we where we got our first contract and and obviously for that we we already had to lay down some some results in 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 international competitions and and Right there, they could already see that you know this is this is getting serious. And uh, in 2007, I won the solo World Cup already, so it it was becoming quite serious. So that's how they got in.
0: So, pal, the the you know I might have this wrong. Correct me if I do, but it, it seemed like for you there was this moment or time in your career, and maybe and I definitely want to talk about your action in 2012. Maybe that was it was because of that, but. Um, you know, when, when did it, I, I feel like any anyway, that your, your career has really transitioned, you know, from really, you know, yep. from the world cup scene and competitions mm-hmm. and really pushing the acro and creating new tricks to, you know, you're still really young, but I see you now as more kind of like the, like the Raul of the <laughs> sport, you know, where you're you're, you know, you're, you're maybe judging more or you're more, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it seemed like you got, in some ways, it seemed like you got bored of it. Is that true?
1: Or is, or yeah, no? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you know, the accident itself was, uh, was, was a very unfortunate thing, but um, what only my close friends know that at that, at that time, in that moment, I already decided to, to leave this lifestyle to, to stop competing in that way. Uh, and actually, you know, winning again in 2011, cause I really, I had a desire to, to repeat the overall world cup victory from 2007, uh, once more. So basically in a way to prove myself that you know, it was not just a one-time thing, but I can repeat this if I wanted to, which, uh, which I did, but then I, I wanted to leave it there. And, um, I didn't actually announce this publicly because I don't know, I, for, for whichever reason I did not, but then came the accident and, you know, I guess it's quite obvious for, for most people just, just, uh, looking at these events from one after the other and then seeing that, you know, I'm not coming back to compete and stuff. So it's it probably, everybody thought that, ah, for sure, you know, he doesn't want to compete because he's whatever, not good enough anymore or he's, you know, he's not the same old pal or whatever, which is for sure I'm not the same old pal. I mean, how could you be after such an event? But um, I mean, my close friends all know that 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 was not the case so i i already actually decided to quit like in the moment when i hold held uh, the trophy in my hand basically in 2011 yeah but uh, then came the accident and obviously i'm not gonna publicly say ah you know i decided to quit <laughs> like after the accident i mean that would be there would be probably even worse uh, worse option to communicate that and uh anyway well' let's, let's I never, talk about I, never I never actually talked about this hmm. um, before or in any way publicly so it's, it's quite funny hmm. and um, what what was the other question ah, yeah so you're you're totally right so uh, definitely my uh, my career has changed my 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 way of seeing things as well changed I'll be all honest for sure I'm i am I, in a way, not that crazy youngster anymore, and for sure the accident was was more of a, a life-changing experience that, uh, you know, I had to question many things and 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 rethink many things, but it has nothing to do with, with the fact that I stopped competing. It has way more to, um, so basically... The lifestyle of, of being a, a World Cup Acropilot is quite intense and it, it involves a lot of training and most of it, if you really want to get good and stay good, the the training possibilities restrict themselves to a very, very few places in the world mm. where you got to spend like at least two months a year just training hardcore and, and keep pushing. And then, you know, the worst With the current um, judging system and the current uh, competition, it's still, you know, not necessarily the best who's going to win, but sometimes, you know, it's the angle of the sun. Too much subjectivity. Yeah, way too subject. And it's just kind of very disappointing when... And, you know, of both ways. Like, it could be on your advantage or your disadvantage. I mean, sometimes I myself even got like higher points that i i deserved, but then again other times i got lower points than i deserve so it's it's really really difficult i mean i i'm not judging those who who actually do this truly really difficult job you know giving points instantly watching the maneuver and one after the other and then the landing and you know there's there's a lot happening and 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 it's really hard so mm. so respect, any, any respect.
0: sport that's judged is just really tricky you know gymnastics ice skating and you name it it's it's just tough you know there's always going
1: to be people that like it and don't That's tricky exactly exactly and then there comes you know on the other side if you go cross-country flying it's like it's just is super objective you you have your gps track you you they download your track log and that's your performance. There is no yeah. <laughs> there's no way, you know, to to cheat, cheat or the to change. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously it's again a very complicated calculation how the results come out, but the best guy is gonna win. Like yeah. Yeah,
0: so be, before we before we jump into XC, I know there's I know there's yep. people that that uh, you know I, I need to ask you some questions about Acro for those of, those of the listeners oh, yeah. that that either want to get into it or into it. But I I think we should talk about your accident. Um, no, no, no. What what happened in Zermatt in, in 2012? Because I, I, the, yeah. the other thing is you know you you just competed in the X Alps, which is kind of the epitome of, to me, at least in in this sport, you know, not the accurate side of things, but you know, that, that, you don't, you're not an unbold person (laughs) and, and, you know, to come back from that, you know, this wasn't a sprained ankle, this was a major accident. And, uh, you know, so I I one. you know, unfortunately, you know, we participate in this sport that hurts a lot of people, a lot of people get hurt. And so I, you know, one of the main questions I get from our listeners is, is how to come back and, and they're not the physical side, it's the mental side. Um, so maybe kind of fold all that into your action. I think there's a lot of, learning people
1: could get from that sure um it was a speed riding accident and uh and i flew with six square meter which is now we know that it's too small so the top guys the very like super top guns, the, the most hardcore pilots they even they don't fly a six i mean maybe one meter bigger or two meter but um that's just too small and 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 too fast and um and just super sensitive but the problem was not actually that but it just uh long story short it, it it didn't give me the amount of lift i actually needed that moment that moment because i was not fast enough because i i just made like three flights with it that was maybe the fourth and uh and i didn't have the lift to to jump a cliff and I basically crashed with the rocks just before the edge of the cliff. And that, you know, made me lose the balance. And probably just by losing the balance, the the wing basically just went out of position. And and then I fell, and then, I mean, I remember everything, but the thing is the glider just somehow disappeared. I, I can't exactly explain why or what happened? Probably it collapsed. And and but the thing is that I basically free fall down. And that when I say I free fall down, I know I free fall down because I do base jumping and I know that you know how that feels, accelerating from like close like zero, you know going into the free fall. And uh, that was that was it. That was exactly it. Basically the the sound of acceleration, that wind speed uh that was exactly the same when you jump over a cliff so and that was <laughs> was pretty scary and and uh i can't be really sure but i think it was probably like a 20 meter fall i would imagine cuz i mean it was quite a long fall and um uh, and when I look back to the cliff, it, it looked quite high, too. But I couldn't see the, the exact proportions. From, were, you, down. were you already hurt from hitting the end of it before you went off?
0: Do you remember or no?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe, but, but definitely not seriously. So uh, the serious injuries came from creating a huge crater in the snow which i was lucky enough to hit with my butt first somehow and um but that's that basically compressed my vertebras a couple and uh, and on the way i broke my 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 um my leg in open fracture and well i basically bruised like I bruised all my body like crazy, you know, I basically, not at that moment, but but um, <laughs> I, I didn't feel much that moment because obviously adrenaline was taking over. But, uh, but when I woke up from coma two weeks later, then I mean, I could still feel like pain everywhere, all my ribs and my... What did you say at the bottom Gotches. of your butt?
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. And um, well, the the worst thing of the whole thing is that I also suffered a head concussion, and uh, that actually led to the next day and to, led to an increasing pressure in my skull, skull school, which. Uh, f- for, for for that reason they actually put me into artificial coma to basically shut my body down and put it into standby. And um, luckily uh, they managed to to handle this through medication only. But <clears throat> but during the artificially induced coma I also got the lung infection which is it's then becoming a really life-threatening situation. So your your body is already in a in a shock mm. from all the multiple injuries, plus the head concussion with that extra pressure, plus you know you are in a coma, plus you have a lung infection. So that was that was really uh, a dangerous combination. And uh, well, thank God I. I somehow woke up, and it's insane. But I woke up on my on my birthday. So basically, I they after a while when 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 they saw that I actually started to de- start to do better. So they they took away the medication to try to wake me up, but I didn't come back. Like I opened my eyes, but I was not there. You know, it was like a uh, and 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 that was where where it started to become really scary for for my beloved ones because. Mm they the they thought may maybe brain dead or the doctors then they, well no 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 but but at that moment the doctors like didn't know anymore you know mm. what's going to happen so it could be that they they couldn't say anything you know if 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 i'm you know i may wake up tomorrow or come back next week or come back in a month or or never Ooh. And, uh, so, and then again, the longer you stay in coma, you know, the more damage you're probably going to suffer, the more, uh, skills you're going to lose. And so basically they told my family, you know, well, we can't be sure when, when I, when I wake up, if I wake up as a, as a two years old, Mm. like, or, or I can't speak anymore or I can't do this. so. Ah, uh, can imagine. So I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry for, especially my family and my girlfriend back then. She went through quite um, difficult times, obviously as well. Mm. Uh, but somehow, and 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 you know, <clears throat> it's crazy. But I, I kind of believe in these kind of things, like uh, a higher power, which I. I would never call God, because I don't believe in that stuff. But, good. I mean, what <laughs> God? God only. I mean, those different gods are only creating uh, death and war and suffering in 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 this society. But uh, if there is God, it should be some different power, like more. I don't know, universal or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, so anyway, like many, many people, like probably hundreds or if not thousands of people were, uh, thinking of me and, you know, praying and not only praying in those conventional manners, but in basically any, any way. So, you know, calling for the, energy of the universe and, and 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 all that stuff and and i i tend to believe that this could have been the reason why i i i returned is exactly on my birthday <laughs> which uh, is so cool so basically that that probably that day that moment so many people were were thinking of me and you know wishing that that, that i was there and back and, and and i lived so i mean it could be <laughs> so, so I was, that
0: was pretty cool. That's amazing. Do you do you think there's? So I want to ask you about when you know, like coming back to flying. But um, do you think because you got hurt the way you did, you know, flying a six meter wing? I, I know this is impossible because you didn't get hurt flying. But it, it, do you think if you'd gotten hurt, like flying a normal paraglider, would it have been different coming back?
1: I could be, could be, but i mean there always should be a difference between you know getting hurt and getting hurt and uh, i mean it's hard to it's hard to think of a of a situation what would be if you know would be if if but i don't know i i really don't know but for sure getting hurt with something you know you are not like you know necessarily on the top of the gaming. Hmm. Like I I did some speed riding but I was not top of the game and I'm not really a good skier either. So I can somehow comprehend more why that happened. Obviously if I I know let's let's say you know Alejandro Rodriguez uh, the small brother of, of, of Felix and Raul died from doing a misty flip low over ground and then twisted up and entered a, a spiral and, you know, had no time to, to sort it out. So And, you know, a misty flip was something he did like thousands of times, yeah. thousands of yeah. times. Can't mess and, it up. Yeah. <clears throat> and, okay, I know he, he did it with a glider. He was not, he didn't knew it very much so again there is you know that point of okay that was probably the glider he didn't know he was probably not supposed to do that maneuver that low even though he did it thousands and thousands of times with another glider and 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 doing it low and stuff but but you can still kind of find a reason why why it happened Hmm. Because of a different glider, because that different brake length, because that different behavior, that was something, something just a little bit different that, that made that, that small difference.
0: Did you, was there, um, was there thoughts when you started kind of coming back and realized you were going to be okay and, you know, obviously, horrendously horrific rehab and stuff, you know, coming back from something like that, but it was there thoughts of was flying different for you i mean was there thoughts of man maybe i shouldn't do this or maybe your family or 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 was it just a matter of kind of overcoming the accident and, and getting back to it as soon as you could
1: yeah actually i was i was really motivated to get back flying and 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 get back to get back doing everything i i, I love to do and um uh, coming back flying actually the first time I flew again was in Canada just just before that I actually did my first flight and and then I did the comp which was quite fun Hmm. um
0: was that was that still in 2012
1: yes it was in August it was in August 2012 2012. so it was still it was quite early and um I that, that that was I was really happy I was talking to 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 get back flying and, and it felt like the right thing to, to do and it felt like the the right time but uh, actually in october i had another accident i i didn't publicly communicate because it was just way too embarrassing for me and 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 the rehab from that accident even took longer than than the one from from zermatt because it was uh I basically ripping my, my, my kneecap into many pieces and, uh, that took some time to, to recover. And it was, um, and it was terrible. I mean, it was, it was, for me, it was way worse than like emotionally and, and motivation wise, it was way, way worse than, than the big accident before, because you know, that the big thing happened and, you know, you know, I came out, I, I, I I survived, I I didn't die. <laughs> that was that was a big thing. And uh, and I was so I felt so blessed to, 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 to have another chance and oh man, it was it was it was great. And and then you know I I, I basically started to do everything I, I really wanted to keep doing and um, and then I had a, a really bad landing, like wingsuit base jumping, and I basically like crashed into rocks with, with some backwind, and, and and I broke my knee, pretty really bad. And uh, wow, well, that felt that felt like extremely stupid. That felt imagine just basically coming back from a from a life-threatening accident, and then. And, and and after all the rehab and all the work and and you know while you know people questioned your mental abilities because uh, anyway it was kind of communicated well not very smart I would say so my accident while I was in the coma was not very well managed from um, the public point of view that that basically you know i could be just uh, a retard now because you know because i had a, i had a, i had a head injury you know i was i was in coma and 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 so on and so on so it was not quite clear what actually comes out of all this and uh, well and then <laughs> and then i have another accident so uh, that felt really stupid and uh, and especially the way back the moti- to, to to get the motivation again to to come back from 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 an accident that's not life threatening but in a way it takes even more effort to get back like health wise and takes even longer to to leave the crutches to to be able to walk again to be able to run again to be able to bend your knees again and you know like all that basic stuff. So and and I guess that serious, like first obviously the, the big accident and then again this this stupid mistake that could have been like easily easily avoided. Uh I mean that was a that was a big um drawback.
0: Mm. Do you do you find I. I am, you know, my first really big film project, I'd done tons and tons before that, that were a much smaller scale. But the first big one I did with, with Red Bull Media House was with Will Gadd on, on the, the Rockies project in 2014. And, you know, he, he'd been a Red Bull athlete for so long. Um, and he'd done, you know, he called them rodeos. He'd done so many rodeos, you know, so many big film projects that um, he, one of the things he talked about, you know. Really rammed home because he could see that I, you know, I, at that point I was still, you know, I hadn't, I'd only been flying, I think, eight years and, and, uh, I was kind of known to take a lot of risk. And I think that was one of the reasons I was able to become a, you know, good pilot f- fast or faster because I, I, one, I put a lot of time into it, but I was also, you know, probably taking too much risk. Not probably. I, w- I was. And, and, uh, and Will has, you know a very he's been at it so long that and and for the most part pretty injury free you know like tweaking fingers and yeah. stuff ice climbing that kind of thing but yeah, you know yeah. and, and he he just kept saying over and over you know like listen it doesn't matter that we're making a film those guys can just film what they get just you got to be a pilot and you got to be safe. And it you know, if you yeah. get hurt for the for the cameras, that's just the stupidest thing in oh, the world. Yeah. And I yeah. know, I'm not comparing your base accident to that. But do you find that because of the profession and Red Bull and the sponsors do you, does that? Does that pressure you? Does that? Is there is there a good and bad side of that?
1: For sure it has a good and bad side, especially when you have a camera running it's 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 a huge i mean it's 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 a real safety factor it's 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 really bad for your health if you have a camera uh i mean i mean nowadays nowadays it's 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 totally normal that everybody has a gopro and uh and films everything and um it's a good thing because you can, you know, look back and analyze your, your flight or whatever, your tricks and, 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 and get better at doing so. But for sure there's a, you know, with Facebook and YouTube and, and, and all this stuff going on, there's a huge push of, you know, having to bring out something more spectacular, more hardcore, closer, faster, better, and so on. And, uh, for sure this is definitely a a big source of of accidents just because people overdo things. Uh, In my case, in in both of the cases, it was, um, I don't feel like it it played a a big factor. Um, I actually had cameras running in both cases, but in in the first case in Zermatt, I lost the camera in the crash. Um, in the second case, I have it filmed. it's it's, but it's just a big embarrassment because, you know, I could have done much better. I could have avoided that. Mm. Um, but I mean, you can't blame the sponsors themselves because the sponsors actually, you know, are a good thing. And, um, I would say, you know, many people ask me this, but I never felt like being pushed by Red Bull to do things that are. Too dangerous. Like, if it was too dangerous, then I told them, Look, this is this, I I will not do this. It's too risky for me, or there's just too much uncertainty, or for whatever reason, you know, I don't feel good about it. And they say, say, Okay, okay, you know, they don't, they 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 never want you. No, they don't push that. They are not stupid. They don't want to push you into an accident. It's not good for anybody.
0: Right. And,
1: uh, And they very rarely come up with ideas, hey, you know, we we figured out, you know, you could do this or that. And I mean, especially not in paragliding, because they don't usually they don't know. They don't have so much knowledge to actually know, sure. you know, if you can do certain things or not. But obviously they came up with some ideas that those were usually uh, not necessarily doable or just too complicated or you know, maybe too much risk. But, but you can always say no. And uh, the other thing is, I think probably like another typical situation where it's, it's hard to say no is, you know, having a show when, you know, you know, there are like thousands, maybe even ten thousands of people waiting to see your performance. And, you know, you really want to perform, you, you, you have that motivation from just, energy from inside, you know, you want to do that because you want to, you know, it's not about showing off. It's more like, you know, showing well, obviously your skills, your performance, and obviously in a way kind of showing off, but, but basically you want to impress the people. You want to show them, you know, what you can do the best. And, um, everybody has to know mm-hmm. uh, his, limits and, and especially the limits of, you know, the wind or turbulences or whatever. And, um, but, well, many, many accidents happen during like show flying or True. or competitions, competitions, because people just keep, just tend to push just a little too much. And uh, it happens.
0: Pal, in the last, usually this is a question I ask right at the end, and we're not at the end. I got a lot more stuff I want <laughs> to go over with you. But, uh, you know, so, your two accidents in 2012, um, you know, looking back, from when you started to fly in, in 16, I, I like to ask this question, like, you know, what would you say, you know, imagine you're a 50 hour pilot, you know, imagine you're back at that first year, yeah. um, you, you know, what, what advice did you maybe get and didn't follow or what advice do you wish you would have gotten? In other words, what would you have changed? You know, it, it, when you look back at your flying career, what would you like to impress on people that are sure. maybe just getting into the sport or maybe dealing, you know, kind of locked into intermediate syndrome, you know?
1: Well, <laughs> it's a good question. I think, I I can't really say I would have changed something because basically I was just following my, my instincts and following my passion and, and it took me down this road. And, uh, it was obvious that, I mean, accidents can happen and probably will happen, which, I mean, I, I had two, uh, two accidents earlier, uh, breaking first, like quite low airtime pilot. I, I broke my arm like stupid. Like super typical Hmm. beginner mistake, small landing place. I misjudged, uh, you know, power lines came, I stalled out. So quite typical stuff. And then, and then I broke my ankle from a ground spiral over high grass. Uh, I knew these things can happen. And, and I mean, I took this in consideration, but I really, just I had this 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 crazy motivation to you know learn more and keep progressing and 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 just do more and more and more and um, that was kind of natural for me and and uh, I just I just did everything I, I had to do to to feed this this these needs and you know this is different for everybody I mean some older gentlemen might be just super happy to you know glide down in 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 calm air and then you know drink a few beers and 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 talk about it a few hours and still be really happy about what they experienced and 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 be totally satisfied and this is i mean in a way different for everybody and i think the most important thing is just that everybody you know finds what's his thing and what makes him happy and 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 it's i mean not everybody needs to to get into competitions and and fly 100k cross country or or do acro or do whatever it's uh it's 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 a personal preference who who uh wants to progress more who is happy with with you know just gliding down or or soaring on the beach. Um, and this is really beautiful about paragliding that you have so many different styles of flying, so many different, you know, ways to, to enjoy. But, but for, for those guys who, you know, are happy about, you know, just gliding down and basically do those very, they consider safe activities. That's probably, I mean, they are probably in way bigger danger than, the guys who are pushing like hell, because those who are pushing hard, they they, they progress to, to a higher level and they um, have a higher routine. They are, you know, even though I believe even though they are flying more and they, you know, that's a good they point. They might they training might risk might risk more, but they are much more in training and so they can. Uh, avoid those dangerous situations or they know what to do when they get into one and 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 the low low airtime pilots even though they feel like ah you know i only fly the weekend or you know just a few times in a year or so but they are actually the ones being in in, in danger because because well we we talked about low, low that on a,
0: a a recent show i was reflecting on that after the X alps that i think a lot of people you know, see, see the, the, the people competing that is really daredevils and, you know, and taking really huge risk. Yeah. And, wow, and that's true. <laughs> and, that's true. You're right. But I, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on the weekend pilots because, you know, maybe they only have one day, one day or two days a week and the forecast isn't as good, but they, you know, they try to fit it into something that's that's not right you know they try to make the day work on a day that's above their oh, ability yeah, exactly. and you know and and you don't exactly. you don't have the flexibility i think you know when you're a full time pilot or you really have a lot of time you don't have the flexibility to just walk away as easily i think there's a lot I think oh, exactly. in some ways there's exactly. more pressure and, on and the,
1: uh, and again they don't have the routine as well to say no because yeah. they just they are there to fly and they they want to fly because it's the only time of the week they can and well, that's when shit hits the fan yeah and uh, but as well they sh- you know I believe those guys I mean it's okay you know nobody not everybody has the privilege like us to 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 leave out of flying and and to to leave for flying in a way and uh, but people have to realize that there is there is a lot to to learn and practice even without actually going to fly so I think, those who don't have the time to go flying, but still, I'm sure that most of the people would have the possibility even after work, even, you know, if mountains are not close by, but even just go out to a field and do ground handling, because that's, in my opinion, that's, uh, that's a very, very key practice in the very base of, of glider control. And you can learn flying without actually. You know getting airborne and being in in safety on the ground obviously accidents can happen there too if you if if you if you go on the limits in higher winds but but this is this this will actually teach you active flying on the ground and um, this is as well something I will uh, express in in my upcoming uh, instructional video that uh, you know. There is a lot to learn through ground handling, and people really, extremely, extremely underestimate this. And and you know, it's it's. I think it's really, really bad that nowadays the practices, well, the schools obviously, yeah, get, get you certified, as many get you through the
0: school, get you the rating. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. So now, so now, uh, instead of teaching the basics in the basic course (laughs) which is for me like ground handling so in especially in the alps where you don't necessarily need a reverse launch uh, for taking off because as soon as you have have that amount of wind on launch that you could reverse launch it might already not be beginner uh, conditions to fly because you either have strong thermal or you have phone or just, you know, front coming in and strong wind and takeoff, So you should not be flying anyway. But, but I mean, that's, that's just terrible, terrible thing that, that, you know, basically the ground handling became a different product. Ground handling course became another product. They are selling like some kind of advanced technique for you know mm. like bullshit yeah so, I agree 100 percent. and yeah. uh <laughs> that's
0: this is it, what's cool that. is it's uh I, I i hope we're changing the tide a little bit with that just with this podcast you'd be amazed how often ground we actually did a whole podcast on ground healing, but the uh you know the it's it's cool that the top pilots but especially the acro guys of course because you guys are just dance with your wings on the ground have have really rammed that home and so hopefully we're yeah but uh, anybody can do that
1: everybody should do that everybody should do that absolutely everybody should do that even the old guys obviously you don't have to be like jumping and and whatever you know there's there's a lot a lot to learn ground handling i have my still a lot to learn ground handling because you know i'm not the best at it i'm it's okay i i'm safe enough for for most wind conditions to take off basically most places but uh yeah anyways yeah it's, it's a different.
0: yeah well, I'm, I'm glad you glad you bring that up okay we're gonna transition to cross country here in a sec but for the for those that want to learn um acro uh where what are the i saw a really cool post the other day by theo the blick about you know recommending that um uh you know if you're getting started in acro you should start on a really nice b you know don't don't get a freestyle wing, oh, don't yeah. get an acro wing so oh, yeah. t- talk about talk about you know what what should people be you know where should they go what should they do? Um, maybe maybe talk a little bit about SIV as well, and then we're then we'll
1: transition across country. Yeah. Okay, so then um, I take the opportunity to do some advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. So uh, well, it's um, it's uh, the biggest biggest ever project of mine uh, that took or it's still taking like 3 years since the beginning and it's still not finished due to um basically problems with the personal i've been working with um uh, and because it's a huge project so it's ending up being 4 hours long and um it's going to be called Master Acro and uh, it's uh well it's about learning Acro especially the basics from from Spiral Dive to asymmetric sat and helicopter. And uh, I'm glad you brought this up with Theo. And I I didn't read this, but I'm really glad that that, that Theo told the same thing because that's exactly what I will be communicating through these videos. It's because people went way off course. People, I mean, thanks to the paragliding industry starting to produce and, and, and market. Acro products and freestyle products. So now the newcomers think that you know to learn acro they need at least a freestyle wing, if not an acro wing. And uh, this is obviously the biggest mistake they 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 ever gonna make in their flying career because so and and it's so common. It's just so common these days that that youngsters. Uh, you know, people basically after like one year of, of of making their basic course, and they they end up buying whatever secondhand acro wing online because because that's what they see. That's what they see in all the videos. Everybody is only flying with acro wings. You know, there is nobody or just I mean, you you can't barely see any videos where where people do like more than just the full storm, more than just a wing over with, with, with some kind of certified and, and, uh, and, and, regular gliders. And, uh, that's, that's, that's horrible. So, and, and back in the days when, when I started to fly acro, I, I was lucky enough to get my hands on an aerodyne Dune, which was a dhv 2 So nowadays, well, probably E and B or C, probably a low and C, uh, wing. And it was great, man. It was it was actually sold as a freestyler, but it was it was not. It still had the performance. I flew cross country with it. I flew like even back then with my low airtime experience, I I flew like a couple of hundred k flights, hundred forty k over the flatlands of Hungary. And and at the same time, you know, I learned a lot of things. Basically everything, everything up to like helico to helico, and tumbling, and basically everything except rhythmic start and infinity, because that, that couldn't do. This glider didn't do rhythmic start. But imagine then changing to an actual wing or freestyling, having all that knowledge already, knowing how those maneuvers go and, and work, and, and, and having the routine of performing it, at least on that kind of serial glider, which is slower, safer, mm. the the, the brake travels are longer, it doesn't shoot like a motherfucker. And and you know, it still has the dynamic, it still has the, the potential to perform those maneuvers. And then you just have to I mean adapt all your skills to to a different glider, which is obviously it's gonna be again, you have to relearn things, but then you're gonna relearn things again from the basics and then build it up from there. And um, so, uh, and this is how I'm. Uh, this is why, in in the master acro videos, I fly uh, an Ozone Rush 4 in 95% of the cases. Basically, I do all I do everything with the Rush 4, which is a high and B three liner with a shark nose, and you know it's kind of a, a modern nice, you know, cutting edge high and big glider and, and to prove the paragliding word that you don't need the fucking freestyler. You don't need a, an acro wing because all you're going to do with that is twist up, fall into the canopy and, you know, make shit. So <laughs> basically, basically in my videos, in each video of, you know, presenting, so. Uh, spiral dive, uh, full stall wing over, asymmetric spiral, and then even looping and dynamic full stall and helicopter and, and asymmetric uh, sat. Uh, I'm I'm doing it all that with the with the rush four, and then only at the end of each section, I I just quickly mention you know the differences if you perform the same maneuver with an acro or freestyle glider, what differences can you expect because. So I, and I build it up this way because I want the people to understand that they have to learn everything possible with a, basically their, their, their normal wing, their regular wing. If, well, if they fly, obviously if they fly a a high performance wing, like a C or D then better with a B as as well said, because you can learn so many things and people just, just ignore this fact. And uh that's 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 really, really bad for, for the safety of our sports there's a, and, and there's this a is lot a- of
0: crossover here, isn't there? Like I, I remember one yeah. my my like Bible when I was first learning how to fly in two thousand six was was Jockey Sanderson's performance free flying, you know, and, and uh and they, they have they do some acro in that and then he talks about, you know, the whole time in that whole series that he's on I can't remember what the what the wing was back then, but it was a B. And, uh, and he talked about, you know, just how important it is to, to, you know, you can do everything you can. I, 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 what I'm saying is, is there's, there's a, this, there's the same crossover and cross country that I think people. Really often mistake where they start thinking, you know, that oh, I got to get that hundred, my first hundred k flight, or my, you know, my first X, and so I I got to get a wing with better performance, and they move up too fast, and they and they don't have the foundation, you know, they don't have the. I mean, that's that's a topic that comes up on this show a lot is 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 when to move up and. And my, my answer is, of course, it's always independent for person to person. But my, my analogy is, is kayaking, you know, like you don't, you don't, you really shouldn't go. I spent a lot of time back in the day, whitewater kayaking. And, you know, that right. what we always talked about then was that, you know, you don't really go kayak class four until you're nailing every move in class three, you know, that you you can hit every eddy, you can hit, you can, yeah. t- you can, you can work the river, you're working the river. It's not the other way around, you know, and then you're ready yeah. for class four and then you're ready for class yeah. five. But if you just go from three to six, you're going to die.
1: Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But but unfortunately, we don't have these kind of well-structured rules or... Well, yeah, guidelines and you just, yeah, I, I, there's a, there's a real
0: gap, isn't there? Because it totally, and it also really depends on where you learn, you know, is it, is it the British, is it the Swiss, is it the United States? I mean, everybody's, it's a real scattershot in terms of, and like you said, depends on where you learn and some schools don't, they don't really have a very good place to ground handle. So you don't ground handle. (laughs) That's just terrifying.
1: And, and so, so let me, I mean, I'm happy to, I'm happy you brought this up. And, and let me point something out. So, it's uh, I always have to laugh when people think about acro as being more dangerous than cross-country flying, and <laughs> that's really, really not true. No. And and people who don't fly acro they don't fucking understand that because they only see the crazy part of it, and uh, and they don't understand that by controlling your glider perfectly in the three-dimensional space in all basically controlling your entire polar curve which people you know just control it like 99% of the people can only fly their glider in the in the positive range of the polar curve which is from minimum speed to full speed Mm. in best scenario from minimum speed to full speed but there is you can fly backwards, you know, you can do a tail slide, a full stall, you can and, and, and I don't even wanna go any further than just full stalls and wingovers and obviously spiral die, but 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 the full stalls and the wingovers are the two elementary and most important maneuvers that should be part of some kind of a, a basic course or mm. some kind of a, a basic license that people have to master, you know, before whatever, getting their, their like certification or the second one or whatever advanced thing. Because most importantly, obviously the full stall is your only chance in some situations, your only chance to avoid throwing a reserve or avoid getting into an outer rotation or, you know, correct, uh, a, a big collapse or uh, a cravatted wing and the wing over on the other hand is, is your, your tool to maneuver around in three dimensional space, um, on the limit, basically to max out your maneuverability, uh, with each glider. And, uh, and you know, I, I am so upset every time I see one of those thousands of crash videos on YouTube because because the, the the reason why people crash and get hurt is because they don't have a minimum skill of glider control which when they get into some kind of a, a stressful situation then then of course then they they tend to well block or just do the wrong thing and by not being able to uh, to perform a full stall like it was the uh, the most natural thing mm. you know yeah like <clears throat> so obviously how how do you expect them to source, sort out certain situations without that knowledge there is i can tell you there is no way and sometimes if they would stall they would get into even bigger trouble than what they are already in True. so
0: yeah, I think so, it's uh, I, I I think um, it's terrifying that you know maybe you know if the, <laughs> Most people wouldn't even do this, but maybe they'll do an SIV a year and maybe if they get the weather and everything goes right, they might get three or four stalls the last day of the SIV yeah, and exactly. that might be the last exactly. time they'll ever do it, you know, and exactly. I mean, yeah. I, in the 2015 yeah. X-Alps, I had to full stall three times one day coming out of the, out of the Matterhorn in, in a horrific oh. amount of wind. And, and like yeah. you said, if it's something you're really comfortable with, it's just
1: not, it's a non-event it's just yeah. nothing you lose 10 meters and yeah. you keep flying exactly exactly and and this should be you know the standard maneuver for all pilots and then we would have basically uh we would not have like probably 90% of the accidents with more ground handling and more full stores it would be like the safety statistics would be like turning upside down
0: that's great. That's, I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, for those of you listening, we'll, we will have show notes when this goes live, and uh, and we'll have links to everything Pal's talking about. And, and maybe it sounds like your project's not quite ready for release, but when it is, uh, make sure we we, uh, we blow that up and put it everywhere. Thanks for, for doing that. Yeah, um, go,
1: go yeah just, <laughs> I, just, I, I I recently just had to fire the third guy I've been working with this project, so, <laughs> I and, know these and go. two of them and and the last two guys were were editors basically i already i i already pre-cut all the four hours of footage and every so basically somebody just need to go over uh correct the sound you know the colors and do some animations and basically just create a final product i don't have time to and i'm not you know skilled enough to trust uh, my skills too. Yeah.
0: okay. Well, cool. Well, this is a call out. You uh, <laughs> be careful, dude. You're gonna get a lot of emails because of what you just said. But yeah, I'm sure they'll. Yeah, be but
1: now it's it's already on the way. It's oh, uh, I don't have time for for more. Good, Bullshit. good.
0: Well, cool. Well, I, I can't wait for that. Okay. Well, hey, I I, I want to be mindful <laughs> of your time. But the but before it's you so go. Cool. Um, why the big gap between 2009 and 2017, obviously you had the accidents in 2012, <laughs> but you know, kind of fill, fill me in on that. What was the experience of the 2009 X Alps? Um, and then, uh, you know, w- w- why, why come
1: back to it? Thanks for asking. <laughs> so, well, I didn't come back in 2011 because after 2009, I told myself never again, <laughs> really, but, um, yeah, because, well, it was uh, obviously it was, um, I, the the coin has both sides. I mean, obviously it's, it's one of the most beautiful and, and, and challenging and exciting, but as well, dangerous event, you know, ever organized in, in paragliding and, um, uh, well, back then there was no, um, resting time, so it was It was basically a night pass every night, (laughs) which is now, which is, uh, (laughs) today most participants could probably not even imagine how, you know, it went down because, because, you know, now like the athletes are thinking about the night pass as some, um, radical, mysterious, you know, Mm -hmm. like the crazy stuff. And, and, and some of them they don't even want to pull the night pass unless, you know, like super necessary because it was, it was really, really different style and it made it even more radical. And, uh, but luckily they, they made this new rule because, well, and even with this new rule that you have to to stop so long every night, but after a few days, you just, just whenever, you know, the air is calm and maybe you have a slow climb, or maybe you have to be patient, you, you just start falling asleep. So it's still super exhausting. And uh, yeah, then came the accident. And uh, I I don't know, it, it was a combination of, of many things. Uh, probably most importantly that I kind of felt is, need and, and motivation to to prove myself that you know it's still possible like i'm still able to I, i'm you know i'm even after all this i'm not crippled and kind of to celebrate that in a way and and but kind of also to test me, especially my knee because it's that uh, i had my knee and also my ankle that, that that was broken so but i i was really motivated to to just train hard and get fit again and, 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 and test myself and my body to see if, if uh, I could do it again and, and, and I'm happy.
0: Yeah. It's it's an, it's an amazing journey, isn't it? Well, did you have it, did you kind of have it in mind? Um, you know, because, you know, it seemed to to me, and again, that this, this might be really wrong, but the, it seemed to me that in the last kind of three years, you were really chasing it uh, in cross country. You know, you've done a lot of, you've been doing more World Cups, you've been doing more comps. Um, you know, was it something? Uh, was it something kind of that clicked, <laughs> like back in two thousand fifteen or fourteen? Like, hey, maybe I'll give this another shot. I'm getting healthy again. I'm feeling good. Or, or was it really kind of a last minute
1: decision? No, no, not at all. You know, I, I really felt motivated to do more competitions and everything, but just you know before um, before 2011, before I stopped uh, the the acro career, it was just really impossible. Then the big click or well the moment uh, that the big change came uh, when I when I when I came to Ozone in 2014. So with Ozone, I I I got the tool of flying the best gliders and and that really pushed me to to compete more but still unfortunately i i could not by far compete as much as i i wish to because uh the last few years most of the world cups were always at the same time or or at least a few days where we hitting one of the air races or some other event or they would be just way too far and way too expensive and and uh and didn't work out but i will really really i i still feel the same and i still want to do way more and i'm really like i'm sitting on needles to Hmm. to do more than that more of that but um the moment still needs to come Hmm. and uh, hopefully it will come soon
0: so the 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 2017 race um you know you you, you crushed it even regardless of the 48-hour uh, penalty <laughs> which must have been just brutal uh sitting there in Italy and, and seeing people making uh, progress and stuff but what what was you share with me your kind of highest moment and your lowest moment of the race
1: Well the lowest moment if I may start with that was obviously uh realizing the um the airspace violation, uh, which I wasn't quite sure about uh, until uh, the next day. And and it upset me, like it, it upset me really bad because I was I was doing great. You know, I felt really strong, like physically and, and I was flying really well. And um, and it upset me, especially because of my team, because of, you know, there were four people behind me working their ass off and 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 doing a great job and then basically me doing this this stupid little mistake that um the kind of you know destroys everything in a way Mm. and 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 i felt really i mean not only sorry for myself but 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 more for them and um that was that was a really hard moment but then uh when when I figured that, that that I I got the penalty and and you know the shit hit the fan and then fuck I I, I started to feel like really emotional and and then I was on the way up in a whatever thousand four hundred meter climb uh, somewhere in South Tyrol before Meran and uh, and uh, the first spot I I had some coverage I called my team and. and You know, they put me on the speaker and then I thought I, you know, sorry guys, it's, it sucks, but you know, I don't want you to, to break down. I don't want you to feel bad about it. I'm sorry for the mistake, but you know, we're gonna just get, get the, the best out of it still and, 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 um, and, uh, well, we, we are racing, we are in a different race now, but anyway, we. We're gonna keep racing and uh and that was cool. Then I had a uh a pretty strong moment. I had to cry for some time. And uh on the top on the same mountain there was uh there were like three or four more athletes and um I was super pissed. I, I I took off way too early and almost bombed out, and at the end I did not, but uh, it was great. And the positive or the the highlights for me, I think I can honestly say that I think I think I, I never in my life flew that well as 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 during those hmm. those 10-11 days. Because I mean even considering that you know, I was really tired and, and, you know, it's, you're not in the same mindset as if you wait for the, wait for the the one of the best days of the year and then you go super motivated to the takeoff and fresh and, you know, all just, you know, you put everything on, on that day and, and go full. Obviously you are likely to make better decisions and stuff, but considering all the conditions, I mean, the physical and mental load and, uh, I, I have to say I can only I can only mention like one single mistake I know I, I did a mistake I could have done better I could have flown a little bit more but but that's it like it's one mistake hmm. I can really I and and it's it's awesome I mean i I, I feel so crazy happy about it cuz cuz i mean sometimes the conditions were really tricky sometimes it was i mean you know yeah. <laughs> standard yeah exactly yeah like
0: like day three when when you flew over my head and I you know it, it, was, such, oh. it was such a non-event you know it was like we, we Nick and I got oh, shaded man. out going in there and and then you came in and and uh you know I I bombed and that happens in paragliding whatever and and uh you know but then on the way back up I tried to take a shortcut and I lost my phone and it was it just you know it was an hour delay oh. that turned into not getting to treagle you know I launched later on with all you guys going the other way and it just yeah I think was, I
1: saw you amazing I think I so you're launching below us. Yeah.
0: Really cross, really dicey down there. Oh yeah. was blowing so Oh Yeah. It was too, I flew just across the valley and then another little hop and you just, you couldn't get in then. It was so South and so, so nasty that it was just, you just missed your window. And then like you say, you have to, uh, that was my really low moment that night, you know, just going, Oh, what, what have I done? I went from third to last almost, you know, and, uh, and, and, but it was at the same time it's like you you just have to shift your mind isn't it like okay i'm not this i'm not going to place now it's that it's a different kind uh, of yeah. race now and it's, then from then once i once exactly. i was over that hump it was beautiful the whole way you know it's like wow this is you just have to appreciate uh, yeah. it for what it is you know
1: exactly and 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 this is how i came to to the race i knew there's going to be suffering i knew there's going to be danger and all that stuff but but I also knew from 2009 that it's it's something really special and beautiful and, and you just have to see the beauty in it and, and try to, you know, put the suffering aside or at least like be able to, to make fun out of it in a way. Mm. Like, you know, mm. to be laughing about the suffering and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really difficult sometimes. But but I mean you have to figure something out because otherwise it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> it's
0: a long way to go. <laughs> so uh the sure. the ultimate question, will you do it again?
1: Uh no, no, I, I don't think so. Really I mean, no. Uh yeah, so I mean I know I, I, I know I I said the same in two thousand nine and then I came back eight years later, but um the thing is and that's different now what i learned from two exabs that is is the preparation the amount of time and effort and energy you, you put into it is is not balanced by the the result by the outcome in any way hmm. like you know it's just basically even even though when i registered for 2017 i promised myself okay well I, you know, you you probably gonna qualify. It's not like hmm. I register and I see if I get qualified or not. I knew exactly if I register, I will like most probably be qualified again. So I just promised myself, okay, I will do this again, but I will not put so much effort into it because I have shit lots of other things to take care of, <laughs> and you know, a lot a lot of other things happening in my life which are in a way more important, and my health is as well more important than anything else <clears throat> in terms of like competition and result and fame and whatever. So, do you, and still, do you, do you look and back still, at that?
0: Um, sorry to interrupt. I just, do you, do you think in some ways that that helped it? it like having, having the distractions, having, you know, not taking it maybe as seriously as for example, I did. Uh, but you know, like I, I, I I've thought about that a lot. Like clearly, you know, Kriegel takes it probably more seriously than anybody, and he trains really, really hard. And obviously, he's yeah. he's amazing and he wins. But I, I wonder in your case, like you you, you maybe coming in so relaxed and and not really having. Um, you know, expectations or pressure, maybe that allowed you to fly because I, I fly differently in the X Alps. I start worrying about course line and I, I, I make my mistakes are because I'm not as loose, you know, as when I fly Mm -hmm. normally, you know, I'm more tight. I'm more, I'm more like, I know the move I need to make, but Oh God, if I don't, if, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be 10 miles farther walk. And so I don't do it, you know? And
1: yeah. Um, I think there's something in what you say so basically not having such a big expectations I think certainly helps not to feel so much under pressure and maybe be able to make clearer decisions or better decisions and, and not to be so strict to yourself but at the same time I'm I'm a super competitive person and and then I with this, I returned to my my original thoughts that even though I promised myself not to invest so much effort into this, but I did, <laughs> and I could not help it. I basically like my la the last few months before, or let's say for sure the last two months, like completely but completely the exhaust took over my life and and uh, in terms of preparation in terms of training, in terms of uh, preparing basically everything. And, and, and luckily, I, I, I was lucky enough to, to get some last-minute support and, 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 and find the right people to, to help this journey, uh, which was again kind of, you know, although I didn't really want it to, put effort into looking for sponsors and put effort into making this professionally and put so much effort into you know looking at the route and and, and spending fucking hours studying the route and, and 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 looking at tracks and then and then even you know drive down to to Italy and and drive down to places and look at at certain things but I did not so much really flying the route. That was still like a lot and a lot of of, of virgin territory for me, a lot. But but um, it turned out quite well. And uh, uh, but that's what I mean. So even though if I promise myself no, I will you know focus on uh, on the on the more important things in my life, I, I can't. Uh, now I prove myself hmm. that I just can't. You tick the box. Uh, take it. Take. I can't take it easy i can't take it that lose because that's not that's not who i am that's not how i yeah. work yeah it's a it's a
0: it's a mm-hmm. major commitment absolutely it's it's
1: it's a, it's, a major it's commitment
0: your life yeah you have you you, you at least have one <laughs> one fan on the other end of here that's that'll be disappointed not to see you in the race because man you were fun to watch that was uh awesome effort and uh yeah, yeah you'll never know it t- time does funny things but um speaking of time i you've you've given me way more than uh your fa- my way more than what i could have possibly asked for so thank you so much i really appreciate it uh that's a perfect place to end Thanks, Kevin. and uh i can't Thanks, wait Kevin. to see this this film uh the, when you put that out uh, we'll have to show that to everybody that that sounds terrific uh, good luck with with that project good luck with Thank columbia so- uh and your girlfriend that sounds yeah. like another amazing project we didn't even get to talk about it that sounds- but very cool
1: thanks very much all right man talk to you soon, soon. bye bye right, cheers bye well
0: i hope you enjoyed that uh really cool to sit down with pal and and get all that cool information if you're getting something out of this if you're enjoying the show or if you're just first discovering it i really invite you to go back and Check out all the amazing shows we've had in the past with so many incredible pilots. There's a lot of great information. But if you're getting something out of this, um, as I always ask for, all we ask for is a buck a show. Uh, this is a listener-supported podcast. It's actually pretty spendy to put all this out there and, of course, extremely time-consuming. And really appreciate those of you who do support us. Uh, you can do it directly through PayPal or you can sign, it, sign up for a buck a show. That's all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. You can sign up on Patreon dot com forward slash cloud based mayhem and get the bonus material stuff if you sign up at certain levels you can get a hat and a t-shirt and a whole bunch of other things so check that out it's pretty fun there's also some really cool footage that's not in the movie from north unknown and uh yeah we will see you on the next show fly safe fly far have fun cheers